Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. What's up, everyone? It is FOMO Fans, episode 63. And on this episode, we're going to talk about the power of the startup grind mindset. Yes, I just got back actually on a red eye. I'm recording this at 11 a.m. on a Thursday. Uh, I got the, my red eye landed at 9 a.m. this morning. I drove home and I was still inspired from the event, still excited um, from what I experienced in Redwood uh, City, California, that I chose to record this podcast episode without taking a nap. So that's how much I love you guys. That's how much uh, I was inspired. I'm also heading to Baltimore uh, tonight for the National Speakers Association event where I'll be speaking there this weekend. So I had to get this recorded and done today to get it out to you guys. So um, I, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about startup grind. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I learned about the community, um, some of the nuances from the VCs that I was there. Um, I was actually there. I'm on the board for a, uh, a a startup that's called Fledge Connect. And Fledge Connect was picked as one of the top 50 um, startups. And so they were brought out there from the startup grind um, community. And we got to do a boot camp. And I'll get into all of that fun stuff. But I learned a lot when it comes to where people's mindset is when it comes to entrepreneurship, what startups think about things like influencer marketing, how um, venture capitalists talk about the value of marketing. Um, I got to sit through over 50 different pitches um, and, and kind of watch people get coached on their pitch and what to say and what not to say um, and how to, how to convince someone to give you money or uh, depending on what your goal is. And so I'm going to break down a couple of the, the different things at this event. And just to kind of set the stage, this is the first time I was at this event. Um, I wasn't paid to be at the event. I was there um, with a startup that I am on the board with. So I went out there with them. But I, I, I can tell you right off the jump, and I, and I, this, I give this all the credit to Derek. Uh, Derek is the founder of uh, Startup Grind, and Startup Grind started about seven years ago. Um, this event had about 7,000 or more than 7,000 people there. Uh, they have over 300 chapters worldwide, and they do something like 120 events a month. So there's probably a Startup ch- Grind chapter in your area, and I'll, I'll get to the reason why you might want to check them out uh, probably later on, or you'll, you'll figure that out. But one of the things that I... Um, you know, I, I, had, I have a good friend named Christina. Uh, Christina is one of the is the chapter director of Startup Grind Phoenix, and she was telling me all about um, how great this culture is, and how it's very community driven, and collaboration is what people care about. And you know, I hear that a lot, and especially because I love collaboration. I think you know, I believe business, the future of business is community. And so Christina kind of teed that up. And when I got to the event, and I'm looking at the picture right now, one of the first signs that I saw at this event, the very first signs that I saw at Startup Grind is it said our values. And it had three values. And then Derek, the CEO, went on stage and talked about these values. But I thought these values were very important. And I wanted to kind of share with you guys here. The three values that the Startup Grind community instills is help others before yourself. The second one is give first, don't take. And the third one is make friends, not contacts. 
Now, it's it's nice to talk about community. It's talk. It's nice to say, hey, we're all here to collaborate together. We're all one startup group. We wanna we wanna help each other. We wanna give first. We wanna make friends. It's another thing to actually make and inspire a community that makes that happen. And I can, I can tell you, I'm not going to bury the lead. I was blown away at how, you know, Derek talks about that from the pa- from the top down. Each one of the chapter directors that I spoke with were very much embodying that those values, but so were a lot of the startups. I was amazed how many startups would come and say, what are you doing and how can we work together? Even ones that might have been competition, even ones that are, are maybe you know innovating in the same space. There was a lot of things around artificial intelligence, a lot of uh, ones that included kind of disrupting uh, you know, the marketing space. And so the startup environment was, it was very contagious. And so on day one, when we got there, we got to go to a startup boot camp. And the startup boot camp was an all-day boot camp for 50 different startups from around the world. Everything from a scientist that has a new chemical that will eliminate the need for dry ice. And dry ice would, uh, it, because of how bad it is for our environment and for people, it would completely uh, disappear. Um, there was another startup that, one of my favorite startups, I think it actually made the, the final two. Um, they were doing a dating app where they used your 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 genomes and you, you sent in a cotton swab and they matched you with someone else that shared your, uh, you know, and it was called Faramore. Uh, that was a very cool one. There was another one that was, that ended up winning the competition. Um, that was a box company that has over 15,000 customers already. And so the, the, a range of startups that I got to listen, pitch, I got to hear their passion was pretty cool. And I got, you know, each, each group got to listen to the founder and got to listen to a couple VCs advice. And then we, we all get broken up into like 10, 10 different startups and everyone had to pitch. They got a one minute pitch on the main stage. And I would say, you know, I'm going to kind of bring this into, you know, maybe you're not a startup, you're listening to this show, maybe you're not an entrepreneur, but this, these are things that I think are valuable in everything we do in life and everything we do in our business. And so one of the things that, you know, you have 60 seconds to convey your message, make an impression. And, you know, there was a couple of things that I really thought stood out in the coaching of this that is very similar to what I do when I coach people for speaking on stage. And it was, you know, make sure that you're concise, make sure you simplify the language and then ultimately you want to define the problem you're solving and your goal or of what you want to achieve has to be you know part of that 60 seconds so if your goal is to get venture capitalists to ask more questions or you want a VC to want to fund you you need to make sure you you kind of paint that picture and I and I think it was interesting because the 10 startups that were in the group that I was a part of um, all 10 of them I got to watch on stage the, the day after and not one of them had the same speech or the same pitch that they had when they came in and I can tell you fledge Mike ratty the, the team that I came up they, I came in with um, you know the team that I was there uh, kind of supporting Mike had already practiced for two weeks and he had his pitch down to a science 60 seconds he knew what he was going to say what he wasn't going to say and the first time that he ran through it the audience there was like well I'm kind of confused I'm not sure what a social professional is what does these words like omni-channel mean and what we realized pretty quickly was this audience was different than what we what Mike had practiced in front of it wasn't you know uh, all VC audience there were startups there there was entrepreneurs there were definitely lots of uh, VCs in the Silicon Valley but one of the things you had to be willing to do and I think this was a, a lesson learned for everybody that's out there not only do you have to be willing to pivot your message but your message has to be directly 
aimed towards the audience you're speaking to. And sometimes that means a 60-second pitch sounds completely different if you're talking to a group of 7,000 or a group of 20 or a group of 15 enterprise executives or a group of, you know, um, let's say venture capitalist, startup-minded Silicon Valley people. And I think this is something we all have to kind of remember. And, and I, I took note of it myself as well because oftentimes I get, I get asked to speak at events and I get asked from an industry event. Sometimes I get a brand to ask me. Sometimes it's just a manager that's a fan of my content. Other times I get recommended from a speaker and I'm working directly through an age, a bureau or an agency and when someone asks me, hey, Brian, you know, give me your, your elevator pitch. What do you talk about? What do you do as a speaker? More often than not, I go and default to the same kind of pitch, right? I say, hey, here, this is who I am. These are the things I talk about. This is the stuff I customize. And I realize, you know, we, if every audience is different and our goal with each audience is unique, we probably need to make sure that we are also making our message unique, making our value proposition proposition unique. And I think this is a good test. Everyone that's out there, no matter what your business is, I, I recommend you doing this. And this is something that I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that I do is describe who you are, what you love to do and why you do what you do in 60 seconds, write it out, time yourself, record it on video and see if you can do that. See if you can say who you are, what you do and why you do it in 60 seconds. Because I believe if you can master that, the idea of when someone asks you on an airplane what you do, if you can be so concise and direct in 60 seconds and have that thing nailed, imagine the amount of other opportunities this might open the doors to. Someone might overhear that, right? And so you don't have to talk fast. I, I see the, my live audience uh, that's watching right now. They're like, well, Brian, do you have to talk really fast? Um, no, you know, because I remember I talk fast, tweet faster. I know that I talk fast. Um, I always tell people I don't talk fast and get stuff done shorter. I get just get more words in there. But I would actually say that it's probably even better to talk slower, right? I, I talk fast because it's just I, I'm programmed that way. But if I, if I was doing that 60-second pitch myself, I think I would be a little bit more programmatic with my words. I would make sure that I would say, you know, like, this, this revolutionizes the digital experience, we are looking for funding, right? I would, I would make sure that, that each word that I used was there for a reason, right? Because if you only have 60 seconds, there's no room for fluff. There's no room for, you know, words that aren't needed to convey your message. And I thought it was a really interesting uh, conversation. You also have to keep in mind what the audience, the type of things that the audience is used to, to kind of working with. So when I was looking at all these different venture capitalists that were at this event, what I did was I looked at their portfolio and I looked at what kind of companies they invest in. And so if they only invest in companies that are revenue generating out of the gate, that's something good to know. Maybe they only invest in companies that are with artificial intelligence or robotics. Maybe they only invest in early seed or later seed, or maybe they only invest in companies that are traditionally based out of California. Or maybe they, they, they invest in social media companies, but they invest in social media companies that have a certain user base or a certain ad revenue uh, spend already there. And so figuring out those things, like doing your research ahead of time, and I can tell you, I didn't do my research very well ahead of time at this event. But as I heard each VC that we were kind of talking to, I did my research before we actually got there um, in face-to-face -face with them. And I think it, it really did matter. But 
it also comes down to this culture, right? And so we did the startups, we did the pitches, and then on the, the next day, there was a lot of presentations. Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn was on stage. Uh, Walter Mossberg, uh, Walt Mossberg from Recode was on stage. You had groups from Slack. You had um, Jeff Jordan from uh, Andreessen Horowitz. You had the founder of Reddit, which was a really good presentation. But there was a wide range. Guy Kawasaki was there um, up there on stage. Uh, Max from PayPal was there. But I was really interested to see you know, as a speaker, what was the message that people were conveying? What was the message that was, you know, not only shared on stage, but what was that theme throughout, right? Because there's, there was VCs on stage, there was uh, successful entrepreneurs on stage, there was billionaires on stage, but I was amazed, and this is something I, I wanted to share, was there was a lot of vulnerability shared on stage, there was people, uh, executives admitting that they didn't do a good job building their their um, executive board with females or women. They they neglected the need to put a women, uh, you know, a, a woman in the in the executive you know board prior to you know when they started out. Or there was you know people talking about their failures and how many you know they might have they might be a billionaire and mostly known for these five powerful startups, but. They, they actually launched 21 startups. And although those five made them a lot of money, the, the, heart, the heartache, the failure, the pain of those other failures are something they still live with today. And there was you know, a wide range of vulnerabilities being shared. And I was, that, that means a lot to me because I, as you guys know on this show, I, I do believe relatability is the key for marketing as we move forward. And our vulnerabilities are essential for being relatable and, and having people understand who we are, what we're about, how these things work. But one of the other things I wanted to share that kind of stood out to me was a lot of the VCs that got up there made the statements that, hey, we, you know, we don't want to hear that you're, you're, gonna, you, you're looking for money to invest in marketing. And I heard this from more than one VC that was on stage, and I would say it was about five different VCs. And I, I was amazed. All the startups I talked to, they're like, oh my goodness, I need to redo my pitch. I need to change my, my, my pitch deck because there, I do want to use marketing. There is advertising, part of my growth strategy, part of my, um, my onboarding, part of my user acquisition strategy is marketing. And I started digging into it a little further, and I want to talk about this for a minute here on the show is that... One of the things that I heard up there was, you know, we don't want to hear about startups investing in marketing. And then my question is why? And so I tried to drill into why. And the why, in my opinion, came down to simply this. A lot of them were looking at marketing as fluffy rainbow unicorn selling things like a billboard or throwing money at the wall. And I think the reason for this is when startups traditionally have been given a lot of money, and they have to go back and prove what they're, you know, t- talk to the VC and say, hey, this is what I'm using the money for. For, for the, a long while, marketing wasn't very easy to track, right? And so it was a great excuse like, hey, we threw a party because it was great for marketing and you spent $200,000. How many leads did you get? Well, you can't track those kind of leads, right? And so that kind of marketing was very hard to understand its value, to document. And I think I think for the most part, a lot of startups use that to their advantage. They took advantage of that. And I will argue in, the, in this day and age, in 2018, 
every piece of marketing should be trackable. Every piece of marketing should be linkable. You should be able to, to understand a goal. If you're, you shouldn't be using doing anything in marketing that isn't attached to a success metric and isn't measurable and doesn't have a UTM tag or isn't, you know, isn't linked uh, individually or maybe it's your Facebook ad spend. There's reports on all of that and, and your targeted audience and you know, even using like, you know, Facebook pixels to understand who's on your community. And this, to me, was a, it was a, a glaring... You know, as a marketer myself and as someone that loves what I do, I, I, I looked at it and said, man, we kind of have a marketing problem. We kind of have a marketing problem because there are a lot of startups that still look at marketing as throwing money at the wall and hoping something sticks, right? Or not understanding that if you're going to spend money on marketing, you should also, you know, tweak it and test it and study what's out there. And I think, you know, yeah, and it's, you know, linear, right? And I think that is something that that, that is kind of linked here. And I think the transparency in the startup community is going to start to inspire a little bit better understanding of this, right? Because, you know, you hear about startups all the time blowing through wads of cash. And oftentimes what the thing they waste all their money on or quote unquote waste is marketing or they're wasting their money on, you know, parties or sales or networking. Um, and you know, we, we heard things like, hey, we want to know what your revenue model is. How are you spending money on sales? What is your, what is your plan for hiring new talent? Are you, you, know, you going to use this money for better developers? And you know, the, the interesting piece here is that in 2018, if you're a startup and you don't understand marketing, you shouldn't be pitching for marketing dollars unless you have a marketing agency or a marketing advisor or or have someone that is knowledgeable about what's out there because if you think that you're going to do marketing and you're going to not track it I think that's a that's a sad excuse it's an, it's the old way of doing things and so that was an interesting tell for me right and then another piece of it that I thought was really interesting you know we always hear this this idea that people that VCs invest in the founder not the product or not the company, right? They, they invest in the person. But at the same time, things like introducing your name or explaining your background are oftentimes not things included in that 60-second pitch. And to me, this is, a, this is a little bit of a disconnect, and it was surprising to me because is it just the passion? Is it the, their ability to convey the message in a certain amount of time? And the, the, the people that were on stage at this event were very vulnerable, were very transparent, were very open. And a lot of the startups, when we talked to them one-on-one, -on -one, were very much that same way. But I feel like when they went on stage to give their pitch or they were designing their, their ideal pitch for this, um, this competition, they, they wanted to appear not vulnerable. They wanted to appear like they knew exactly what their problem was. They knew where things were going. And maybe that's because that's probably what, you know, if you're asking for money, you should know the problem you're solving. You should know your target audience. You should know who your competition is. You should have a plan for success. You should understand what other people are in this market, where the trends are going, how you're going to be disrupted by blockchain technology or if artificial intelligence is really artificial intelligence. Um, that was one that I found was interesting. A lot of people used the word AI in the description of their tool or their startup. And then when I asked, you know, I inquired what they were using AI for, they kind of backtracked and they couldn't really tell me the difference. Were they using machine learning? Were they using deep learning? Were they, how are they, you know, making this happen? But I, you know, I, we got to do an exhibit. So all of the 50 startups got to do an exhibit. And then they had a, a big uh, sponsorship tent that was there as well. But I tell you, the, the, one of the biggest takeaways I will have to say is that was a community. 
everyone there was supportive of each other. One of the things they did that I thought was really creative is that they made the entire audience at the Fox Theater get on your feet every time a speaker came there. So the speaker got a standing ovation when they came out, and everybody cheered for him, right? And every startup that got on stage, a couple of them fumbled over their words. A couple of them, you could tell the pressure got to them. But when the pressure got to them, the crowd started clapping. They started cheering them on. And you know, as a speaker, one of the, the things that I always advise uh, speakers on, they're like, Brian, give me one, you know, I'm going I'm to do my first presentation tomorrow, Brian, give me one bit of advice. And the advice I always give is this. Remember that the audience wants you to succeed just as much as you want to succeed, right? It's something we forget. When we get on stage, we're like, oh my God, I don't want to drop the ball. I don't want to suck. Well, the people that are watching that either paid for a ticket or they're spending their hard-earned time that they, you know, they only get 24 hours in a day, the people that are in the audience, they also want you to succeed. They don't want to see you fail, right? And yes, we do live a little bit in like the NASCAR American Idol world where we, we watch NASCAR for a crash and we do like the, the, the people that are our outtakes uh, on American Idol. But I, I truly believe when you're able to look someone in their eyeballs, right, you see them on stage, you see them putting their heart out there. And, you know, a lot of these startups that were at this event – I can tell you, I, I can almost guarantee majority, a lot of them had never been in front of investors before. Maybe a lot of them had never even really, you know, walked on a big stage. And this is a big stage. It, it was Fox Theater. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people. I think it probably set about 1,300 people or so um, in the theater itself for the, where the pitches were going on. But I was inspired because not one of them kind of backed down. Some people changed the presenter. Some people changed their pitch completely. But, you know, they, they got 60 seconds. They took advantage of that limelight. But they were so, such a supportive community. And I want to kind of bring this full circle because it also inspired me to, to kind of remember th something, you know, because startup, there's, there's lots of startup chapters and, and you should get involved. I, I, I'm a big believer in that we is greater than me, right? Surround yourself with people who know what you don't know. And I truly believe that's what Startup Grind was doing. But I think the reason that this was so powerful is that from the CEO and the, the chapter directors, from top down, they believe in those three key values, right? Help others, give first, and make friends. But from the bottom up, the startups that were selected, the brands that were there, I mean, I got to talk to the group at Oracle. Oracle just launched this big startup incubator um, that their, their initiative that Oracle is doing that I thought was really you know, innovative and cool. And one of the things that I thought on top of that, or the reason I really enjoyed that, was even the sponsors of this event, right? They had a, a women in tech mentorship uh, area where Booking.com had, had different women that are, are successful tech entrepreneurs or executives where you could sign up and sit face-to-face -face with a mentor in, in your space and ask them questions and, and kind of connect. Um, and, and to me, this is, this is the future of business. This is why you know, when, when people ask, Brian, what does the future of work look like? I don't believe entrepreneurship is for everyone, but I believe we all have a desire to be a part of something. I believe we all understand the importance of collaboration. And I'll even throw on top of that, we all want to belong to a community that helps others, that gives first, and ultimately we want to make friends, not contacts. 
We don't need more followers on social networks, right? I've always said, and I will preach this to the, the end of the world, that social media and digital and everything, everything that I work on is not to replace a handshake. It's not to replace a community. It's to give you the chance to grow your community, to scale your message, to reach more people. But it's also important to do these offline events and to connect with people in these type of arenas. I got to meet with somebody that had a team of 34 people uh, and they were there and, and the group uh, from Zendesk was there uh, on stage. And I thought one of the things I thought was really interesting from you know, Zendesk and a couple of the other brands that have fully remote employees uh, and Reddit, Reddit included and a couple of other ones that were up there was they talked about, you know, we have remote employees. We, we, we empower our employees to work when they want to work and we, we love you know, giving them that freedom. But we also hire people that are action takers. But on top of being an action taker, we've, we've made our culture transparent in communication so that people can be inspired to be action takers. But then we also meet offline five or six times a year where we bring the entire team to one location and so that we do have those handshakes. We are to connect in that real basis. And so I guess this is where I look at it. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I work out of my, my house here in Northern Virginia. You know, I have a, a very small team of contractors that work with me. I'm on, a, on the board of five different startups. But it, it can get lonely. It can get... Um, the struggle can be real, right? Even as you're scaling up, you know, there was people that have, you know, multi-million dollar startups that, you know, are a team of one or a team of two. And if you're able to find that community that does what Startup Grind does, maybe it's not Startup Grind for you. Maybe it's your, uh, maybe it's the marketing association in your local chapter. Maybe it's, you know, uh, social media week. Uh, I'm going to be in Phoenix next week at uh, the Phoenix Startup Week. And that's another event that I'm excited for. A uh, good friend, Vincent Orlick, he's a, he's a big supporter of, of that community there in Phoenix. And, you know, I lived there for seven years. But I think this is, this is I guess, my takeaway. And I'm going to wrap up this episode on the Startup Grind is that, you know, you don't have to be a startup you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be passionate about what you do, to want to be a part of a community, to truly connect with people that get you. You just have to seek that out. You have to find it, and then you have to make the effort. The other thing that I want to say that really, really inspired me was I met about 20 different guys from the Air Force. And for those that know, you know, I worked for the Department of Defense in cybersecurity for nine years, and I got out of, of cybersecurity um, in 2013. And I got out because, you know, cybersecurity wasn't my, my passion or my love, but I felt like the government and especially the military were very good at spinning their wheels. They were very adverse to change. It was hard to get them to adopt technology at the right rate. And when I first met the very first airman that, I, that came up to me and I said, wait, U.S. Air Force? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, so what startup are you with? He's like, none. He's like, you know, our commander actually sent an entire group of us down here to understand the trends, to better be connected with the technology communities, and also kind of bleed off the passion so that we can help, you know, get the Air Force to embrace some of this change in technology. And that blew my mind because the last thing I would have expected was 20 to 30 Air Force people. And there was college students that were there. And the thing that, that resonated the most with me was it's about a leader empowering its people, but it's about the people going and making these things happen. If you want to be a part of a community, if you want to go somewhere, you, if you want to make a difference, you want to surround yourself with amazing people, the only person standing in your way of doing that is yourself. 
if you don't take the initiative, and, and, I, and this is a little bit of calling my own self out, right? I lived, I, I moved back here to Virginia for a year before I went to one local Virginia event. I, I, I kind of said, hey, I work in the digital world and I, I travel all over the world and I'm blessed to be part of giant communities. But I tell you what, that first startup, that first event I went to here uh, in Virginia was, it, it, it reminded me of why I love what I'm doing because I'm able to connect with people that share my purpose, that share my passion, that ultimately want to do great things. And so I don't care if you work in a big business, a small business. You know, one of the one of the last lessons that I, I think I got from this um, event, from the event, I'm a, I can't remember the, the person's name. I'm going to try to pull up the, the person's name who said it. Um, he's a billionaire founder. He, uh, he's now retired. Um, but he, he had a really powerful message. And he said, you know, you have to give yourself space to reinvent yourself. And, and Walt Mossberg said the same thing. And reinventing yourself doesn't really mean that you have to go leave your company or start a new company. But giving yourself space to reinvent, or what I like to call pivot, giving yourself space to do that, and then surrounding yourself with those smart people in these communities, that's why pivoting or reinventing yourself doesn't take years like it used to be. Because we're living in a society and a world, and especially digital natives, that we believe that collaboration is how we will move the needle. Community is how we will connect with those that will be our customers, our prospects, our future business partners, our partners in business. And we are embracing this change, but you have to be willing to do it yourself. I was inspired by every startup owner I met, every attendee of that, that event, because they were dialed in, they were taking notes, they were doing part of the standing ovation. And I go to a lot of events where people are going through the motions and they're only there for the alcohol or the parties. And there were good parties at this event. Um, that, that's, not, that's not sugarcoat that. But I think the thing that I want to make sure that we kind of take away from this is that, you know, Derek and the team at Startup Grind can create an amazing community. And a shout out to Switcher Studio. Switcher Studio, uh, who you guys know, I'm a huge fan for doing broadcasts, mobile broadcasts. They were also one of the top 50 um, companies there. I got to sit and talk to Nick. I saw Mark just jumped in my live feed. But one of the things that I, I think that, you know, you can have a great community with great leaders. You can, you can facilitate a great event. But... It's about empowering great people to take action and do great things. One of, the, one of the things we have to remember is that if you feel like you're failing or you're drowning or you're alone, you, you have the people that are around you. You can, you can meet people offline. You can meet people online. And this... Speaking of this event, and I'm going to do a little bit more things with, with this community. You know, I'm a, I love doing uh, social storytelling workshops where I help small businesses and entrepreneurs and startups figure out how to, to use social media. Maybe they don't have a budget for marketing. I help them figure out how to document it or use their phone or why they should have video, right, or all of those things um, that are out there. And I, and I can tell you, I love working with those people because here's the thing. Most of the time, the hardest part for me when I'm working with a brand or a business is I, I have to help them discover their story. I have to make sure they don't suck. And I have to make sure they're passionate about what they're doing. There's one thing for sure about startups. They're passionate about what they're doing. It doesn't matter what it is. They have a story. They have a conviction. And they are so in love with it. For me, my goal is just to empower that online. But for all of us that are out there, find that 
Connect with those that share your purpose, share your passion, join groups like Startup Grind, get involved. If you're, you say, hey, I can't afford that right now, volunteer. All of these events will take volunteers and you volunteer for one day and the next day you get a pass and you get to go watch all of the things and be a part of the community. I, I think it's, we're past the days now where you're a solopreneur and you're alone or you're in your business and you feel like you're, you're going nowhere. You're only alone, you're only not going anywhere at the moment because you're not willing to put yourself out there. Being vulnerable is powerful. I've, I've talked about it a lot in this show. I've talked about my struggles, my successes. 2017 was my worst year. 2018 is setting up to be my best year. And simply sharing my vulnerabilities, being more involved in my community, and surrounding myself with these smart people that know more than I do and they know what I don't, is changing my game. I'm excited. I'm heading to the National Speakers Association event this weekend. My podcast episode next week will be a little bit about what I learned there, what, what, what I can take from the future of speaking, future of digital events, how virtual reality and augmented reality are going to disrupt events, or are they? As one of the quotes that I thought was very interesting on stage, VR and AR has come to an almost halt, but Ready Player One might energize that back again. I'm excited, guys, to bring you different events that I go to. If you guys love this, if you guys like this kind of content, please let me know. If you want to leave a review on iTunes for listening to this podcast, um, I would greatly appreciate it. I would actually, even more than just leaving a review, I would rather just, if you tell one friend, say, hey, one friend, this is a great podcast to listen to, or you should subscribe to his Facebook page because he goes live on Facebook when he records these podcasts, or if you're not on Facebook, which is a very small group, Katie, I know you're not on Facebook, um, the then you know, follow me on Periscope. But I, I love doing this. I love being able to share what I learn. I wasn't paid by Startup Grind to, to be there. I wasn't paid by them to, to share this message. I'm not putting their name in the podcast title because I'm getting paid. I love connecting with great people to do great things and amplifying great brands, great events, and great things that are happening in the world. This event this past week was full of those kind of experiences. I will continue sharing that as long as you guys continue listening. My name is Brian Fanzo. I social fans. This is FOMO Fans, episode 63. Go back and listen to all the other episodes. Lots of good stuff about entrepreneur mindset. Uh, I talk about social storytelling. I try to break down a bunch of other things. Um, lots of great episodes. 63 episodes that are out there. Also, check out my other podcast, Smack Talk, S-A-M. S-M-A-C-T-A-L-K. I co-host it with Daniel Newman, and we get our geek on in a wide variety of ways. We're going to talk the startup culture from a different perspective on that show on our next episode. So check it out. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Make it a great day. Remember, show you care. If you want to stand out, if you want to connect with people, and you want to you grow a community, the secret is caring about them before they know that you want them to care about you. Care about others. Help amplify their message. Share their content. Connect with them and say, how can I help you? The values that Derek and the Startup Grind, I believe, are the key to the success of this. And I will leave you with those three values as I sign off this episode. Help others before yourself. Give first, don't take. And make friends, not contacts. Cheers, my friends. Yeah.